Welcome to Milk and Meat. This is a podcast about food and the Bible and motherhood. I'm your host, Nina Marie. I'm a certified labor doula, postpartum doula, and lactation educator. Please view these as my quote-unquote credentials in the birth world. I'm also certified as a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and restorative wellness practitioner. All in all, that just tells you that I know some things about birth and some things about nutrition. I also graduated from Moody Bible Institute here in my hometown in Chicago. So this podcast is a merging of all of my loves, the Bible, nutrition, and motherhood. It's a strange road that led me here. I don't think I would have ever led myself down this path where I've had these very different um, passions of mine, but I do know one thing. It's the Lord who laid out this path before me because we, we know I couldn't have done this myself. So today's pilot episode, episode one, is called The Physical and Spiritual Benefits of Practicing Gratitude. We will look at what gratitude or thankfulness is, uh, whether or not the Bible talks about this practice, and what the Bible tells us about the benefits of this practice. And we're also going to get into the physical effects that gratitude has and its practice uh, upon your body. Uh, So we're going to look at what happens when we aren't living a thankful life and how that affects us physically as well. So let's jump in. Thankfulness or gratefulness is this action of realizing that we're not self-sufficient, okay? Um, And we welcome that reality with open arms. So saying thank you conveys the message that we are directing that thanks to another person. And the ultimate thank you goes to the very one who has given us our constant breath, our everyday. Um, Thankfulness does take work, if we're honest. You can easily live a life with an attitude of ingratitude, It's easy to focus on what we don't have or what we want to have. Um, That reminds me of the old proverb that said, the eyes of man are never satisfied. But here's the thing, that if, if we think about it, that is true only of the man whose eyes have not beheld the face of the Savior. Those eyes, the eyes of the redeemed are satisfied. And so... If we follow the exhortation in Hebrews 12 to fix our eyes on Jesus, or if we follow the wisdom in Proverbs 4 to not look left or to the right, but to keep our feet from evil, then we are freed from resentment and complaining and discontentment and freed to thankfulness. So let's start with the spiritual reality of practicing thankfulness. Did you know that to be thankful or to give thanks is an actual command in scripture? I'm going to list off a ton of verses here, and then we're going to look at a few. First uh, Chronicles 16, verses 8 and verse 34. Second Chronicles chapter 31, verse 2. There are a ton of psalms that command the action of giving thanks. Psalm 136 in particular comes to mind. Ephesians 1.16, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Think about the different sacrifices offered uh, in Leviticus. And one of them was the offering of thanksgiving. And then we've got Philippians 4, Colossians 2, Colossians 4. Uh, but let's look at a few here. So Colossians 1 verse 3, be always thankful. Colossians 2 verse 7, be abounding in thanksgiving. Or Colossians 4 verse 2, be watchful in prayer with thanksgiving. Um, all of these passages show us that there is a command for us to be thankful and to be thankful often. It's not just a one-time thing. It's not just this little journal that we keep, but this is a habit of our lives. It's, our lives are to be marked by thankfulness. 
Um, I also think of Luke 17. Um, remember the story of the lepers? There were 10 lepers and Jesus heals the 10 of them and tells them to go to the priests so that they can be declared clean again. Uh, and after that occurs, only one returns to thank Jesus. And the other nine are nowhere to be found. And Jesus is like, didn't I, didn't I heal 10 of you? Um, and so only one of them practiced thanksgiving for what Christ had done for them. Like their lives were changed. They had to stay away from everyone. They had to call uh, out unclean if other people came around. Uh, they could not be with their families. They had to leave their jobs. They were outcasts. And here only one person uh, came back to Christ to thank him for what miraculous change he had done. But one of the commands to be thankful may not be as obvious. Um, so we're going to look at the term Eucharista. This is Greek for giving of thanks. Eucharista is a word that's translated, transliterated into English. The English word is Eucharist. And we know this as the Lord's Supper. Um, this was a command given by Jesus himself to his disciples. We are to remember his work, the breaking of his body or the shedding of his blood and be thankful for it. Really quickly here, though, I'm thinking about how many people actually don't participate in the Lord's Supper and how sad is it that we're not revering it and 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 looking forward to it and understanding that this is an opportunity for grace to abound in our lives as we're obedient to the master. Um, it I would exhort you to view the Lord's Supper not as an option or not as unimportant or unnecessary, um, but that it's something that we should be partaking in anytime our local local church uh is is having the Lord's Supper um, without getting into discussions on like how often it should be. The, the exhortation would be at the very least um, in your local church, gather with them when there is the partaking of the bread and wine. Anyway, so the root word in Eucharista is charis, and this is predominantly translated as grace in the Bible. Um, however, charis is also translated as thanks several times, and it's usually in the letters to the Corinthians. So 1 Corinthians 10, 1 Corinthians 15, 2 Corinthians 2 and 4 and 8 and 9. Um, there, the word charis is translated as thanks and not grace. And so you have like 130 times where it's translated as grace, but here this like six or seven times it's translated as thanks. And I just wanted to note here, this is this, we should be aware and we should know that grace is the biggest reason that our hearts should be thankful. Hence, the fact that Eucharista is, is this command to give thanks. And we're giving thanks for the grace of God in the work of Christ Jesus. Um, and so practicing gratitude affects us spiritually and it does bring us benefits. Um, some of the benefits I'm going to note here are um, notes that I've collected from my current reading, Choosing Gratitude by Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth. So I just wanted to note that here. Um, but let's take a look at how gratitude can affect us spiritually. First, gratitude shows us that we're being obedient. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. And as I've shown thus far, the command to be thankful 
is in scripture and to give thanks is this constant command in scripture. And so if we're honest, obedience is not constant, right? Um, We can have seasons of obedience, but to say that we're always obedient would be to lack integrity. (laughs) If there's one thing that I know, it's that human nature is one that is thwarted with opportunities to not have integrity. Um, I know temptations well. I know the temptations to lie, cheat, steal, hate, um, have outbursts of anger and jealousy and and being uh, covetous or idolatrous and anything else. I've broken them, but I've also obeyed them. And so the most important part of sinning and falling short is repentance. And so when you fall seven times, you need to repent up eight of them. And so gratitude, show, expressing gratitude and practicing gratitude is an opportunity for you to be obedient and to express your obedience to Christ. And by expressing that obedience, you show that you love him. If you love me, you obey my commands, he said. And then gratitude draws us near to him, draws us near to God. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. And Psalm 95 verse 2, let us come before him with thanksgiving. The Lord welcomes us before his presence and thanksgiving is what ushers us there. Remember, the practice of gratitude is the practice of knowing that we're not self-sufficient. We are not self-sufficient. We don't hold the universe together by the word of our power. Jesus does. And that practice of saying thank you is directed to someone. And we can't thank the universe. We can't thank ourselves. That defeats the purpose of thankfulness altogether. We can thank God. We can thank him for the work of the spirit that is producing his fruit of patience or self-control or gentleness and the like. We can thank the son for his atoning work. And... To do so brings us nearer to him, nearer to the one whom our soul loves. And then gratitude leads us to peace. Um, This one's actually one of my favorite points. (laughs) Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7. It's a very common and often quoted verse. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Did you ever notice the importance of thanksgiving in this verse? Often the emphasis is on don't be anxious, but take all of the reasons that you're anxious to the Lord and then enjoy that supernatural peace that he promises. But the peace that is promised here only comes according to what precedes its coming. (laughs) So what I'm saying is that when we pray and make our requests known to God, that prayer and request making is to be coupled with thanksgiving. I mean, no one goes before God and thanks them for the things causing them anxiety, right? But you can thank God knowing that he will be with you in the midst of those trials. You can be confident that he is not blind or unaware or impotent to your situation. On the contrary, he uses those things to draw you nearer to him. And so we are led to peace when we come to the Lord with thanksgiving, which ushers us into his presence. Um, And he promises that this peace that truly is 
inexplicable that our minds cannot comprehend in those times of trial and difficulty and anxiety, it will, I'm getting all these text messages, it will give us the opportunity to experience his peace. I do want to make a quick note here because I am an FNTP that diet often plays a role in one's anxiety and that what you eat cannot be completely ignored. Um, many have found that praying in and of itself does not take away anxiety. And without getting into the mental health aspects of why that may be, I think it's important to just note here that there's a gut-brain connection and that correcting dietary habits can often have profound effects on diminishing anxiety for many. Um, maybe in the future I can do an entire podcast on anxiety and its roots in nutrition and spirituality down the line, but I just wanted to make that quick note here. Uh, let's get back to gratitude. So gratitude, when we practice it, also shows us our hearts. So Psalm 140 verse 13, surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence. I'm also thinking about the, um, the story of the sinful woman that Jesus forgave. So Jesus was at the house of some Pharisee and some other people, and no one had done the customary thing of cleaning his feet. And in came this woman who was not invited. She just let herself in. She came with her alabaster jar and she was weeping. And in her weeping, she kneels down before Jesus and pours out her alabaster jar and with her tears on his feet, cleans her his feet with her hair. Now, there were other people watching this whole thing and these other people were astounded that Jesus would let such a woman touch him and they would say things like, if he was really a prophet, he would know who she was and she wouldn't touch him to the like. And Jesus, because he, you know, he knows everything and discerned their thoughts, uh, took this as a teaching moment. So he called one of his disciples and he's like, um, disciple, I think it was Peter, but I can't say for sure off the top of my head. Um, let me tell you a story. And Jesus is like a master storyteller. There are two people who owe a debtor money. One owes a small amount and the other owes an amount that could take years to pay off. The debtor cancels both debts. Who has greater gratitude? To which the disciple rightly replies, the one with the larger debt. So the point that I'm trying to make here is that when your debt is forgiven, when you understand that Jesus died in substitution for you and canceled your debt to the father, when you don't have to make a single payment for your own debt, you are thankful. And you will be thankful like the one who had the larger debt paid on her behalf. You'll forever be singing the praises of the one whom bought you back. And gratitude shows us that we never got over the cross and the, the significance that that meant for us. It shows us that we never got over the gospel and the power that it had in our lives. Um, do you, do you know someone like that? Who's always thankful to Jesus? And are you someone like that? Can you say that your heart is in this disposition that's always, uh, practicing gratitude for what you have? 
Um, gratitude is also God's will for us. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This one's pretty self-explanatory. Um, the will of God can feel really elusive a lot of the time. What school do I go to? Should I take this job? Should I become a member at this church? Should I get married to this person? Should I move across the world? Should I become a missionary? Should I, should I this, right? And and the, the point that I want to communicate here is that even though that these minute details of our lives are not displayed in scripture for us to know exactly what to do all the time, there are general principles that can be applied for those instances. Like this verse, rejoice always. This is God's will in Christ for you. Pray without ceasing. This is God's will in Christ for you. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will in Christ for you. And I want to briefly now look at how the lack of the practice of gratitude can affect us spiritually. So a lack of gratitude isn't always this outright angry, stubborn, thanklessness, I don't know, thing, right? Though that, that is an obvious form. We can see that with, with people who are just complaining all the time and never content and just ungrateful for anything that's done or given or what they have. But more often, uh, the practice of ingratitude is a slow growing weed. Okay, this is where thankfulness is on your to do list, but it's further down on the to do list. And it sometimes keeps getting pushed further down or we just forget and never really get to it. Um, ingratitude is a weed in the garden of the fruit of the spirit. And we must welcome and request that the vine dresser prune us in order in order for us to cultivate this thankful heart and disposition for all of our life, in order for the vine to produce his fruit in us, the branches. And like, think of those, those 10 lepers again. So one of them immediately went back to Jesus. The other nine, like, were they really just being ingrateful? Um, or were they just excited about the fact that their lives are back and they went to go tell their family and see the family that they hadn't seen? And so let's cut them some slack and just think that they were excited and, and thankfulness was just further down on their to-do list. And the problem with that is that it should be primary. It should not be something that we get to later, but something that is involved in everything that we do. And you can think of Romans 1. There's like a list of evils and, and things that occur there. Um, but there's a root to that. And it's found in verse 21 in that chapter. Although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. And so did you catch that? The root that caused that big mess was a lack of honoring and giving thanks to God. Again, gratitude or here the lack thereof will show us our heart's disposition to the omnipotent, omnibenevolent, omniscient creator God. So by being ingrateful, we're showing that we don't care for the almighty, all good, all knowing creator God. And do you know someone who practices ingratitude? Are you some, are you someone who complains and covets and whines more often than not? I just, we can be so obsessive about cleaning away this 
dirt in our home or bacteria in our home and disinfecting all the things because we don't want it to be contagious or whatever. But there's nothing more contagious, as Nancy says in her book, than the than an ungrateful spirit. You can see how um, ingratitude easily spreads in a home. Um, and so I would I would challenge you, be the one who is grateful in your home and let that be the pattern of your home daily and not just on Thanksgiving. Um, so with that, I, I want to transition to how the practice of gratitude will affect us physically. Uh, I'll quickly note here, if you were in my 14-day um, do-over challenge, a uh, good portion of this part is going to be familiar to you, but I'm sure that the refresher will be welcomed and beneficial nevertheless. So our body has an autonomous state. So this, our body has a lot of things that happen automatically without us thinking or willing for that to occur. And that is how we stay alive. Thank you, Jesus, for upholding our bodies because we have no idea what is necessary for us to live. Now, this aut autonomous state can be divided into two parts. There's the parasympathetic state and the sympathetic state. The sympathetic nervous system is known as the fight or flight mode, okay? Your blood will rush away from your digestive system and all of those ancillary functions like fertility or lactation. And then your blood is rushing to your extremities like your hands and feet and legs because the fight or flight mode is what helps you to run away from the lion that's about to kill you, okay? The parasympathetic state is your rest and digest state. This is your chill state. Um, blood moves to your digestive system in order to break down, absorb, break down and absorb your nutrients and then eliminate any waste. It's important to note here, we should be in the parasympathetic state more often than the sympathetic. The problem is that in our day and age, the opposite is what's true. And I would state here as well that um, we... We don't really fight or flight. What we do is sit and stew. And so instead of us running literally all the time, we're just sitting and stewing with those same kind of physiological um, reactions as if we were fighting or fleeing away from a lion for our lives. And so it looks very different today than it did, I don't know, hundreds and thousands of years ago when we were running from animals and living in the woods and whatnot. Um, but the problem is that the lions aren't chasing us every day or all day long. But because of emotional stressors or relational stressors or work stressors or even physiolo physiological stressors like eating crap food or being ill or having a food, eat, consuming a food intolerance or food in uh, food sensitivity or not eating enough or overeating on the wrong things. Those will cause physiological stressors that will think that will make our body think that the lion is still chasing us all day, every day, even though we're just sitting in front of a computer screen at work or at home with our kids and e-learning or both, um, or with conflict with our spouse. Um, because of those kinds of stressors, we are, our body thinks that we're running from the lion all the time. So 
We need to be in the parasympathetic state. We need to get out of that fight or flight mode and be in the rest and digest because in the rest and digest state, we increase our body's capability of digesting. We increase our body's intestinal motility. So let me explain that real quick. Your body, your digestive system has this capacity of moving the food along like it goes from your stomach to your small intestines and large intestines and out. And this is called peristalsis. So this motility, it's moving it around for you. The parasympathetic state helps to move it. Um, So that means that you're having regular bowel movements. The sympathetic state does not move it. So constipation is a sign of the sympathetic state. Um, just to explain motility there, uh, the parasympathetic state also increases your resistance to infection. So 80% of your immune system is housed in your gut. Now think about this. If you're constantly taking away sources from your digestive tract because the sympathetic state pulls the blood away from your digestive tract, you're also taking away resources for your immune system. And so illness is, is, more prevalent in the sympathetic state um, because your your gut does not have what it needs in order to combat uh, an illness. The parasympathetic state will also increase your recuperation, so your, your ability to recuperate from an illness. Um, it will also increase your blood circulation to non-vital organs like your skin. So think about how your skin is affected when you're stressed out, like Things like eczema occur or rosacea or fill in the blank. Um, The parasympathetic state also increases oxytocin. Oxytocin is the love hormone, right? This is what helps you bond with your significant other. It's also important for breastfeeding. Um, Being in the parasympathetic state allows for all of this to occur. The one thing that decreases when you're in the parasympathetic state is your defensive response. One, you don't think that you need to be on the alert because there's no lion around, so you don't got to worry about defending yourself against a lion. But we don't live in that day and age. So think about how that applies now. Imagine two people in conflict interacting with one another, but they're not stressed. So they're not in the sympathetic state. They're in the parasympathetic state. They're in the rest and chill state. So their defensive responses are down. Imagine how much more harmony and conflict resolution could occur if more people were less stressed. So let's look at what the sympathetic state does. It increases your blood pressure, not what you want at all, especially if you're pregnant, right? Um, That can have a lot of issues with pregnancy and then having to induce early. Um, It will increase your heart rate because, you know, you're running and so you've got to pump that blood faster, Um, adrenaline and cortisol are increased. Oxygen is only given to your vital organs. And that is so important because that means any other ancillary organs are just going to be put on hold and that will affect so many things in your body. Um, Your blood will begin to clot. So that means that the blood is not moving as freely as it should. Your pupils are going to dilate too wide. Your insulin activity is decreased your salivation, saliva, is decreased. And again, your immune system's response decreases. So you're not giving your body what it needs. The Your immune system, the little warriors, are not g- being given the artillery they need to fight. And they're just being wiped out. 
Do you see how a lot of chronic illnesses come from the sympathetic state? If we could help ourselves to operate from this rest and digest place or position, we can have better health and better relationships. We could leave behind lives of worry and concern and anxiety and fear and panic and rage and anger and irritation and frustration because all of these things are what mark the life of the sympathetic state. We leave that behind for a life of groundedness, joy, compassion, connection, being present and having peace. It's just fascinating to know that all of this can uh, be because of our inability to um, live a life at peace. And so the sympathetic state, we transition into that when we're stressed out. And there are different kinds of stress. You can have good stress, which is short term. It motivates you. You've got a deadline. You rise to the occasion to knock out your assignments by that deadline. That's called eustress. Or you can have bad stress. This is called distress. And it can be short or long term, but it's debilitating. And it can be like, A bunch of things that give you a little bit of stress, compounding. Um, And then those two types of stretch can branch out into different uh, ways that it's exposed, I guess, to us. There's psychological, so how you're perceiving the world can cause you stress. There's emotional, relational, so anxiety, worry, sadness, or loneliness, etc. And then there's the physiological that we talked about. There's this challenge to your homeostasis or the balance in your body even at a cellular level. And so this physiological challenge can cause your body to feel like it's running from that lion. Um, How you perceive the world can cause your body to feel like you're running from a lion. And then emotional, relational tension can cause your body to feel like it's running from a lion. Imagine like all of this in one person, their body just needs to be able to transition from that state to the parasympathetic. So here are some ways that you can note that you might be stressed or living a sympathetic life. I talked about um, the the fear, the panic, the anxiety, the rage, but here are some other things. You can, maybe you're waking up in the middle of the night. Maybe it's multiple times at night. Maybe you slept 10 to 15 hours and you still feel exhausted when you wake up. Maybe you have excess fat in your midsection. Maybe you have outbursts of anger at the smallest things. All of that shows you that you're not in the in the rest and digest state. Um, and then what happens because of this could be you have the wasting of muscle. You can have ulcers. You can be fatigued. Your body might just have random pain. Um, there's just so many things that are affected in us when we are not living that life of joy and contentment and compassion and groundedness. Um, But how do we get to that life, that life of joy and contentment? One of the ways, believe it or not, is practicing gratitude. Gratitude will help your body to understand you're not being chased by a lion. Because you can't focus on what to be thankful for when you're running from a lion or running for your life. Thankfulness necessitates being in the moment with an ability to reflect, okay? So you, if your body thinks that you're running from the lion, you can't just sit and chill and think about all of the ways that your life is amazing. <laughs> but you have to do that because we're not running from the lion. Um, 
and we're making ourselves worse by allowing for our body to think that we are. For example, being thankful can position your body to secrete gastric juices. (coughs) So thanking God for the individual ingredients of the meal on your plate helps your body to better digest and absorb it. You take time to breathe and think through things so that your body knows, oh, I'm not running. This is a safe space. Thankfulness will help your body to be fertile because you induce that parasympathetic state, which brings blood circulation to everything and not just your arms, hands, feet, and legs. Thankfulness can help you to have better success at breastfeeding because oxytocin flows more freely in your body. The same goes for contractions in labor. Oxytocin is what makes contractions come on. So think about how a woman who is afraid in a hospital about potential interventions, like her labor can stall because she's she's scared. And when you're scared, you don't get oxytocin flowing. Oxytocin gets cut off. Um, but if we can help a mom in labor to relax and remember what she can be thankful for and not to think about what could be, but to think about what is, then she can position herself to have those contractions because oxytocin is released. You become more grounded and more free and connected to your spouse and that will lead to better intimacy. And so God commanded thankfulness because he is due thankfulness, right? But it's also a command that benefits us physically as well as spiritually. And he knew that when he commanded it. 